Welcome to The Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Robeck. Each week on our show, we invite a special guest to share their knowledge on health, wellness, and better daily habits so you can have the life you deserve. Let's get started. Today, we have Jessica Rector on. She's a doctor of physical therapy. Do you mind sharing uh, with us um, your experience in the hospital setting and why you made that decision to move out on your own and uh, what you're doing? Yeah, totally. Um, So I started in the hospital setting because I did my residency at Good Shepherd Ten Partners so that I could specialize in pelvic PT. Um, You don't have to do a residency as a physical therapist. You kind of graduate, pass your boards, and can do whatever you want, but since this is such a niche area of physical therapy, I really wanted to make sure that I was kind of mastering those skills. So then I really loved where I worked in Philly and I ended up just staying there for three years. Um, There was a really good mentorship program and they had really experienced clinicians. So it was a really great way for me to start my practice. But um, definitely working in a hospital-based setting is limiting for people who believe in holistic care. (laughs) Um, So I ended up, you know, deciding to work just independently because I wanted to be able to treat patients the way that I wanted to treat them as frequently or as intermittently as I felt was necessary and not really be limited by the insurance system. I do a lot with everyone I work with that um, also is inclusive of sleep health and nutrition and just exercise as movement in addition to um, corrective exercise and all those sorts of things. So even though I was doing that anyway, when I was in the hospital based system, it was hard to include, (laughs) um, or at least harder to include than it is when people are just kind of coming to you out of that space. And you're, uh, you're, you're obviously, I don't want to say different. That's not the right word. I would say unique in your approach. Uh, and I'm looking forward to diving into that because you're, you're obviously a physical therapist. Um, but I would say, and I'll let, I'll let you explain yourself, but more of a wellness coach, uh, really focusing on a holistic care, your company name, or at least one of your company's names is PT for your privates, which we're going to dive into. So people understand what it is that you do and how you can help people. Um, but are you able to explain to us like how you define, how you treat, a, how you treat someone, what, what it looks like? Yeah. So, um, there's sort of two avenues to the business that I have right now. Um, the business in total is called body absolution. And the idea behind that name is really just that, you know, we carry around all of this shame and guilt and potentially trauma experiences that we hold within our body. And so my goal for anyone I work with, whether they're coming to see me for lifestyle wellness coaching or for physical therapy is to help people release those memories and uh, traumas that are being held in their body so that they can really experience freedom and work more towards the life that they want. So that's sort of the umbrella of my business. And then the section of physical therapy that is more focused on the corrective exercise stuff is PT for your private. So I specialize in pelvic floor physical therapy. I treat people of all ages, all sexes, all genders. Um, it's 
most common that you're going to see people coming to me in like the pregnancy and postpartum phases of their life, just because the physicians who are treating those people are most familiar with pelvic physical therapy. But that doesn't mean that those are the only people who can benefit. Um, So I end up treating anyone who's experiencing any issues with like bowel, bladder, sexual dysfunction, or even people with chronic back and hip pain who maybe have failed traditional physical therapy or other forms of treatment. Um, A lot of times the answer can be some pelvic intervention. Um, What was really, what really triggered me to reach out to you is, uh, you know, I I have a patient, I spoke to you about this um, and she has, two young boys and uh, she's extremely fit. She was a former collegiate athlete. However, at this point, as a result of um, uh, uh, having, I think her oldest is five. She hasn't been able to run uh, since her firstborn. And she's essentially complained. She says, every time I run, I pee in my pants. And so I just don't run anymore. And she really (laughs) wants to. And I'm like, there, there's solutions out there for you, but what they're, people are told is that, well, that's just how it is. And you're going to have to live with it. Mm-hmm. And what's exciting yeah, it's is that crazy. it's right for so people like us that hear that we're not going to accept that as an answer and consider this our life sentence. And uh, when I heard you say it doesn't have to be that way, I think that's what really triggered um, this experience today to have you on our show. So you can help people realize there are answers for this. Uh, So can you give some uh, examples on how you help people in situations like this? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing that I tell anyone coming into my office really is that there is a huge difference between common and normal. And unfortunately, we have really normalized the dysfunctions that women deal with after they deliver children that that's just something they have to deal with, whether it's people peeing their pants or not being able to exercise or not being able to have pleasurable sex or whatever it may be. Oh, my mom dealt with that. Or, oh, you just had five kids. So sorry, you wear diapers now. Like, right. ugh, like nothing frustrates me more than seeing Depends commercials that it's like 40-year-old women being like, yeah, I had four babies. So of course I pee my pants. Like, right. okay, maybe it's common but it doesn't have to be your normal. Um, And so that is a a huge difference between that terminology. Um, So people who are coming to me with any of those things, I can definitely help with. Um, And babies just kind of impact people's bodies differently. So some women will be dealing with, maybe they're fine on their day to day, but they just can't run. And that's the only time they have that symptom or some women may be dealing with a prolapse or some may be dealing with the inability to have sex because it's painful or something like that. Um, And so when people are coming into my office, the first thing we really go through is having them tell me everything they're experiencing because I want to understand why they're there. But then we go through a lot of like anatomy and physiology so that they understand why these changes are happening um, and why they're getting referred to me in the first place. And then the physical exam is everything. So I want to look at your full body. We're looking at your back and your hip and doing that kind of like external exam first. And then 
if someone's uncomfortable with doing internal examination, we can postpone that until later. But eventually it's going to be for people with vaginas, we're doing a vaginal exam. If you don't have one of those, eventually we're probably doing a rectal exam to look at pelvic floor stuff. And seeing how you're able to engage those muscles or if you're not able to engage them or maybe you're engaging them too much. So we have to teach you how to relax them. So it's not just Kegels or strengthening the muscles. That's always the answer. Um, That woman that, you know, maybe is fine all the time, but just can't run. Her muscles probably are strong, but maybe there's just some sort of in coordination between her glutes and her pelvic floor or the way that she's running or something like that, that is just too much for the pelvic floor to sort of support if there's other muscle dysfunctions in the area. So like her, I would throw her on a treadmill so that I can actually see what's going on. Um, So it's really hearing what the men or women coming into my office are having issues with and then putting them in those functional scenarios if it's possible if there's something like intercourse obviously like we're just taking their word for it (laughs) Um, but that's where the internal exam comes in and I I love that you brought up Kegel exercises I've I oftentimes refer to pelvic floor specialists and a a a disclaimer, not a disclaimer, but a coverall statement I typically will get from a patient is now I do my Kegel exercises. I do them. And I'm like, all right, so there's a lot of misinformation out there. And unfortunately, I think what you're up against is having to educate our community about what you do and how you can help because it's such, there's so much misinformation out there. You bring up the, you, you know, you mentioned depends. That's, you know, that's marketing advice. That's not health advice. And so we're sitting mm-hmm. here listening, watching this commercials and saying, well, I guess that's what I should be doing for my health. Uh, simply putting on a diaper at the age of 45. And how do you navigate this marketing information or misinformation? Uh, and ultimately who's, who's referring to you and how do they know about you? So, um, the, Marketing information is hard. I mean, this I think is true when anyone walks into any wellness facility is we have to sort of break down what people have learned culturally because it's not necessarily um, optimal information (laughs) because we're getting bombarded with, you know, people wanting us to buy their products. But um, I really try to create a safe space in my clinic or wherever. I see a lot of people in their homes mostly. Um, So safe space in their own home, but wherever I'm seeing them so that people feel comfortable talking to me about whatever, which is very important for the stuff that we're dealing with. But if we include all of those um, sort of preconceived ideas that people are coming in with, I want to make sure, you know, it's not your fault that you have these ideas or that you think that Kegels are the only answer. But let me tell you, why we have other options, right? So it's really good, actually, that Kegels have become this sort of pop culture thing because 10 years ago, people didn't even know what the pelvic floor was, right? right? So at least we have some sort of awareness that there's something that we should be doing for this area of our body. And then hopefully, you know, if someone's trying Kegels and they're not working, then they tell someone in the healthcare or wellness profession that they're seeing hey, I've been doing this thing and it's not working. Are there other options? And then we can sort of work with them. Um, So research actually shows that even if you're doing Kegels, like 40% of people do them incorrectly. Mm -hmm. So that is why at least 
for the pregnancy and postpartum population. I say everyone across the board, no matter what, if you are having a baby or have had one, go to a pelvic floor exam. Um, when you get your six-week postpartum checkup from a midwife or an OBGYN, they are looking at how the body and the vagina and the tissues are healing. They're not really looking at muscle function. So at six weeks, they say, oh, check, check, check. You're good to go. You can do whatever you want. Meanwhile, your muscles are not ready to do whatever you want. So um, referrals are hard because if you have someone who has referred to pelvic CT a lot, then they are probably going to refer you. Or if they have had their own experience with a pelvic floor physical therapist, they're more likely to refer you. Or if they know a friend who maybe is, they're more likely to refer you. But this isn't really common education in the medical system. And so I think they're starting to teach it more now in med school curriculum, but it's not the norm. And so at this point, it truly is basically luck if you go to a physician who refers, which is pretty unfortunate, Um, but the patient really has to be their own advocate. You know, the people we get referrals from most often are OBGYNs, urologists, um, colorectal surgeons, and maybe like some sex therapists and stuff like that. Um, But it's not everyone, you know, like when I was in the hospital system, there were tons of physicians who filled all of those roles and there were maybe like three across the board that referred to us consistently. And the ones who refer continue to refer all the time because they know that they don't really have much to offer a lot of these patients, but then they come see us and, you know, we either solve or significantly reduce their symptoms in a few months. But if someone's ever referred, they just don't know they should be. And so that's why, even though some of this stuff is hard to talk about, when I see patients and they start doing well, I tell them, you know, I know this stuff isn't really comfortable to talk about, but if you have people that you feel comfortable talking about with, or if you're not embarrassed by this at all and you want to put it on your social media, like whatever feels good to you, tell as many people as you can, because without a doubt, you know at least five people who should be in pelvic PT at some point in their life and just have never gotten a referral, you know? Yes. And, and I think I, you, you really hit that on the head. It's the reason um, for you to be on this show and selflessly give us a half an hour of your time so you can educate the community without expecting anything returned for one. Uh, thank you for that because there's so many people that are either embarrassed, apprehensive, or just don't even realize that there are specialists out there that can help them with these problems that they think is there forever. And it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. there forever. And sometimes let's say it's not a full correction. Even a marginal improvement is going to change somebody's life and improve their quality of life. Uh, And you know, when I, when I tell people about, and I'm just going to use the blanket term pelvic floor specialist, it's amazing how many people never have even heard that there's a specialist out there focusing on this region to help people and not just helping women, but helping men as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, real quick, if you don't mind, I would just like to talk about like all the little dysfunctions that we treat because I'm realizing I didn't say that. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. So um, I usually blanket statement say, you know, I treat people um, with bathroom and bedroom function. 
Um, but what that looks like is besides the pregnancy or postpartum population and besides people with chronic back and hip pain, um, I go through like bowel, bladder, and reproductive or sexual dysfunction. So for bladder, it could be anyone with any type of urine leakage or incontinence. It could be someone who has trouble emptying their bladder. Um, there's something called interstitial cystitis, which is basically like chronic bladder pain that we have really good effects and benefits with. Um, and then people that experience maybe chronic like UTIs or yeast infections, we also have positive benefits with those people. Obviously, I'm not solving the infections with physical therapy, but sometimes there's scar tissue and things like that that maybe are contributing to why you're getting these things so frequently that we can really help with or behavioral changes, which is where sort of the wellness stuff comes in that we can help with that. And then from a bowel perspective, people with chronic constipation or straining, chronic hemorrhoids, maybe fecal incontinence, or anyone who has um, chronic pelvic pain or abdominal pain from things like IBS, Crohn's disease, or history of abdominal surgeries, we have a lot of positive benefits with. And then from a reproductive standpoint, um, people who either, so people with vaginas who have pain with using tampons or OBGYN visits or penetrative sex or even inability to reach climax or orgasm, we have positive benefits with. Um, there are certain types of pelvic physical therapy that actually can be helpful for things like fertility issues. So if that's you, um, I would recommend looking up people who are certified in visceral manipulation. And then for people with penises, erectile dysfunction or pain with erection or pain after ejaculation, we also have really positive benefits with that stuff. And um, actually, that's something that I feel pretty strongly about getting the message out about because women actually are more likely to get this referral to pelvic PT because they have OBGYNs. And all I'm talking to my OBGYN about is like my sexual health, right? So even though it's embarrassing, at least there's something or someone who their purpose is to make sure that stuff with me is okay versus men are more likely to not go to the doctor anyway. And then there's, you know, this sort of toxic masculinity in our culture, which has many, many carryover effects. But one of them, I mean, if you're not like walking down the street being like, hey, dude, like I can't have sex with this person I want to have sex with because I have this problem, you know, it's it's embarrassing. And, um, there's not really a position that they're naturally going to, to talk to about that stuff. So it can be really isolating and can contribute to a lot of depression and anxiety. So, um, if that is you like pelvic PT can also really help with that regardless of your age. So there are older men who experience that and there's other health things that can be contributing. But I've also worked with men as young as like 19 or 20 who have been really successful in our treatment. And so, um, you know, even though that feels isolating and feels embarrassing, we treat that stuff all the time. So when you come into our space, it's safe to talk about and it's not, it doesn't sound weird to us, you know, because that's what we're talking about all day. Yeah, I I love that we're talking about not just um, the female side, but uh, how men can benefit from um, pelvic floor exercises. And I think most, you know, with men, there is a, to suffer with chronic constipation and the, and the negative effects of being chronically constipated and bearing down um, Mm -hmm. and, and not finding a solution for that when there are solutions can have a negative, a massive negative impact 
on your body from a, for just from a holistic perspective. Um, how do you help Absolutely. people? How do you help both men and women suffering with chronic constipation? So the way that I describe pelvic floor dysfunction is sort of like an elevator analogy. So <clears throat> if you have an elevator like resting on the ground floor, it should be able to go up, it should be able to go down. And when I press the up button, it should go in the correct direction. When I press the down button, it should go in the correct direction. So overactive pelvic floor is really like that elevator or your muscles being stuck on like the sixth floor of the building and not being able to relax them. Underactive is maybe that elevator or those muscles being stuck in the basement. And then in coordination is the buttons are not doing the right thing at the right time. And so for chronic constipation, it can either be the button problem or the elevator being sort of stuck too high and having difficulty relaxing. And there are many different approaches to how we solve that. So first and foremost, what goes in solidifies like what comes out. If you have a poor diet, you, I can't help you. <laughs> like you have to be willing right. to adjust your diet and eat really healthy. But that's not the only answer. Sometimes I have people who eat cleaner than I've ever eaten in my whole life and they are still chronically constipated, right? So getting good food and getting adequate water is absolutely important because that is what's determining what's coming out. But then we have the muscle stuff. So if your muscles can't relax to allow you to have a bowel movement, then it doesn't matter how good you're eating. It's still going to be hard for things to pass through. Um, So with those people, I do a lot of breathing exercises. I do a lot of like meditation and mindfulness. So often it's related to either scenarios of anxiety or just having a higher level of anxiety. Sometimes people will have like some childhood things that maybe someone told them incorrect things about like bathroom habits that we have to work through. Um, but then it's also balancing the muscular system. So sometimes maybe it's not just anxiety, but the pelvic floor is overactive because your glutes aren't firing. And so this is why I've sort of um, stepped away from calling myself just a physical therapist because there's so many moving pieces that I find that people who are coming to me just for physical therapy uh, don't necessarily want to put in the work that I'm requesting of them right, because right. they maybe only want to do certain exercises for a couple of weeks and hope their stuff goes away. Right. But that's not really the answer. I'm turning your life upside down and I'm going to help you. I am absolutely confident that I can change your complaint. No, if, ands or buts, but there are things that we have to be willing to make adjustments to besides just maybe the exercise that you're doing, right? Right. Um, there are so like there are tools. I don't know what to call them. Tools called dilators and wands. That um, you know, this is like a lot of information, but I do sure. want to say it on here so that if someone goes to a public PT and this is brought up, they're not wildly overwhelmed. Right. But um, they're. They basically, so like dilators look like a sex toy, but that's not what it is. They are increasing in size to sort of stretch these muscles out vaginally or a wand can be used rectally. Um, But I try to not use those things right away, right? Like that is something that someone might not be comfortable with. And 
if you are comfortable with using those things to help us stretch those muscles, like someone would stretch maybe your neck muscles if you were having a headache, right. it's really helpful. But there are all of these other things that we can do externally, like diet and movement and meditation and breathing exercises that if we do all of those things, you may not have to do this other sort of weird taboo thing that you feel uncomfortable with to address your constipation because we've helped your body in so many other ways first. There is a, thank you for sharing that. I think it's important for people to understand that uh, there are tools as well that can help. Um, And I think one thing that I've, that um, I've spoken to about with my partners before uh, is desensitization of, of the colon with chronic constipation, especially in children. And have you seen this Mm -hmm. and how, have you seen this um, and addressed this? Because it's something that when kids want to hold, um, just not go to the bathroom, they're out playing, they're eating sugar, candy and sugar, and it's just they're chronically constipated. And they ultimately desensitize their colon where they don't feel like they have to go to the bathroom anymore. Have you run into mm-hmm. situations like this? Yeah. So I talk about chronic constipation as sort of either like a top down or a bottom up problem. <laughs> or both, but they're sort of cyclical, right? So it could be just a pelvic floor thing. And if the pelvic floor is not relaxing, then you're not ever emptying, which is going to slow down the movement of your digestive system anyway. Or maybe there's something from the top down, which maybe is more like food sensitivities or various things that are slowing down the movement of your colon first. And then because there's nothing at the end of the system, the pelvic floor gets involved. Um, It doesn't really matter because if you're going to someone who is a great therapist, they're going to treat both things. Um, But visceral manipulation and abdominal massage are magic, honestly, for people with chronic constipation. So abdominal massage, if you ever... If you're struggling with this, honestly, just YouTube the I love you, like abdominal massage, and it will teach you how to sort of start at different parts of your colon. And I have people who are struggling with this, just make it part of their morning routine. So um, do it every morning to facilitate the peristalsis or natural movement of the digestive system. But visceral manipulation is a little bit different. And you have to go to an actual person who's trained in that to really get that type of treatment. It's not something that you can necessarily do on yourself. Um, But it's a similar idea where there is something in your body that's preventing the digestive system from achieving its optimum mobility to kind of move things through the system. We touch those parts of your abdomen or digestive system or whatever to wake them up a little bit. And so there are things that can stimulate that in various ways. Obviously, you could use like a laxative or an enema or whatever, but those aren't great options because they work immediately and they're kind of a shock to a system. And if that's your strategy, then people end up using them all the time. And that's definitely not great. That honestly just worsens the problem over time. Um, But if we can get these people on like a good diet and drinking plenty of water and, you know, being sedentary is not great. Moving around is better. So for little kids, that's not really the problem. That's more like they want to be outside more often. Um, But just simple, like nice abdominal touch really works 
wonders. And do you do vis- visceral massage in your clinic? I do. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite thing, actually. Like, uh, chronic abdominal and pelvic pain and chronic constipation are really like some of my favorite things to treat because, I mean, this is sort of true with a lot of pelvic stuff, but a lot of these patients, you know, have been dealing with whatever these things are for years and years and years. And repetitively, people have given them um, information that's not useful or solutions that haven't helped or just have said that they can't help them at all. And people come into my office and I'm like, actually, like, I know I can help you. And it's not a promise that I can solve things 100%. But if people are willing to put in the work that I'm requesting of them, I can really have great benefits from them. And visceral for chronic constipation is just awesome. You can look up the um, the certifying uh, governing board. I don't know if it's really the right terminology, but it's through the Baral Institute. Um, so if anyone's listening to this and this is something you struggle with, you can look up Baral, B-A-R-R-A-L Institute. And um, they there's something on that website where you can look up a visceral manipulation practitioner. Obviously, if you're in San Diego, you can contact me and I would love to help you with that. Um, but there are definitely clinicians all over the country that do this stuff. So how can our listeners uh, find you? Um, so I have two pages. The first is Body Half Solution um, on Instagram. And that one is more focused on the sort of lifestyle, spiritual coaching. So you don't have to need physical therapy related things to work with me. I do a lot of other things like trauma healing and um, psychedelic healing. I want to have breath work, which is sort of another topic that maybe I'll be back to talk about yeah. later. Um, but body absolution is first Instagram. And then the second Instagram is PP for your privates all spelled out. Um, and that page, if you are interested in pelvic physical therapy or just have questions about it, has a lot of really good information just on background stuff that maybe we've talked about or more detailed stuff that we have missed today. Um, so you do a better idea of what to expect when you do go see a pelvic physical therapist. And then my website is just bodyabsolution.com. I'm so thankful that you spent this time today. I think this is a um, topic that needs to be discussed more. Uh, there's poor information out there and people need your help and, and providers like you. Uh, so thank you for this last half an hour. I've learned a lot. Yeah, I hope absolutely. our listeners have as well. And um, good luck on your journey. I'd love to have you back on again to talk about the other branch of your business. And so maybe we can yeah, talk about absolutely. that another time. Good. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank you, Jessica. You. Have a great rest of your day. Have a good day. Take care. Bye. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our show. If you did, please like and subscribe to stay tuned. See you next week on another episode of The Fix Podcast.